You're listening to the voice of the future, fighting for America every day. This is the conservative crusader. And here's your host, GOP Josh. Hello and welcome to the Conservative Crusader. My name is GOP Josh. Thank you for tuning in here on the Red Future Radio Network. And we are celebrating today. Representative Liz Cheney loses her primary in Wyoming to to Trump-backed challenger. The next representative from Wyoming is Harriet Hagman. Representative Liz Cheney, R of Wyoming, a one-time House GOP leader and daughter of former Vice President Dick Cheney, was ousted in a Republican primary Tuesday night. NBC News projects. Uh, obviously, Rep- Representative Liz Cheney was the vice chair of the January 6th Unselect Committee investigating the insurrection that took place on January 6th, 2021. Public enemy number one of MAGA world, as she should be. Former President Donald Trump's name wasn't on the ballot, but his shadow ellipsed the contest as he sought revenge on Cheney's vote last year to impeach him and her work on the committee investigating his behavior leading up to the January 6th attack on the Capitol. His hand-picked challenger, Harriet Hagman, defeated Cheney in a multi-candidate race. It wasn't even close. I think it was 37 points by the time all the votes were counted in Wyoming. Uh, Liz Cheney did everything she could. She had her dad run a a big media buy uh, in her favor, saying she needs to stop Trump from getting to the White House again, and we'll talk about that later. But she could not just let down the strength of MAGA world and Donald Trump and the influence that Donald Trump has, as he should, on the Republican Party. You can't run against your base, the base that helped her get elected in 2020, in 2016, and in 2018 before that, or after that, I should say. You can't go against them, and she went against them pretty bigly, pretty strongly. She said the primary election is over. But now the real work begins. So she's still going to be working in the public sphere in some sort. She's probably going to get a job at CNN. We'll talk about why she'll get a job in CNN a little bit later because they fired someone else. Um, Without elaborating on her specific plans for the future, she emphasized that Trump, who is likely to seek the presidency again in 2024, is at the center of them. He lives rent-free in her head. But I want to play this clip here that was during from her her concession speech, which I wouldn't even call it a concession speech. I... I could comment on it. I'll just let you listen to it for yourself before that. The great and original champion of our party, Abraham Lincoln, was defeated in elections for the Senate and the House before he won the most important election of all. Now, this isn't where the clip ends. I just want to pause it for a second. If Liz Cheney is comparing herself to Abraham Lincoln. Who does that make Donald Trump? Does that make him George Washington? Because nothing Liz Cheney has done is in any way Abraham Lincoln-esque. Lincoln ultimately prevailed. He saved our union. And he defined our obligation as Americans for all of history. So now she's comparing herself losing her primary and 37 points to... Abraham Lincoln saving the Union and and freeing the slaves. 
Speaking at Gettysburg of the great task remaining before us, Lincoln said that we here highly resolve that these dead shall not have died in vain, that this nation under God shall have a new birth of freedom. I'm done playing that clip there. We have like 15 seconds left. You can watch it. The link is in the show notes below. But you can't tell me that Liz Cheney, who lost her primary by 37 points, that's not even close in any sort of margin. I think it's the biggest victory a Trump-endorsed candidate has won by in in any race. Maybe except for J.D. Vance over Neil Patel in the Ohio Senate primary. But between the top two, that was the largest victory of any of them was Harriet Hagman. And obviously Trump rallied in Wyoming for Miss Hagman. But she's comparing herself now to Abraham Lincoln. And I'm going to play this clip in its entirety. One minute and 38 seconds just of Liz Cheney. Please don't uh, please don't tune out during that one minute and 38 seconds because she compares herself to Ulysses S. Grant's march, marching south in the Battle of the Wilderness. ...and purpose. In May of 1864, after years of war and a string of reluctant Union generals, Ulysses S. Grant met General Lee's forces at the Battle of the Wilderness. In two days of heavy fighting, the Union suffered over 17,000 casualties. At the end of that battle, General Grant faced a choice. Most assumed he would do what previous Union generals had done and retreat. On the evening of May 7th, Grant began to move. As the fires of the battle still smoldered, Grant rode to the head of the column. He rode to the intersection of Brock Road and Orange Plank Road. And there, as the men of his army watched and waited, instead of turning north back towards Washington and safety, Grant turned his horse south toward Richmond and the heart of Lee's army. Refusing to retreat, he pressed on to victory. Lincoln and Grant and all who fought in our nation's tragic civil war, including my own great-great-grandfathers, saved our union. Their courage saved freedom. And if we listen closely, they are speaking to us down the generations. We must not idly squander what so many have fought and died for. America has meant so much to so many because we are the best hope of freedom on earth. Last week in Laramie, a gentleman came up to me with tears in his eyes. I'm not an American, he said, but my children. So if you were able to get through that clip and actually listen to what she said, she's comparing herself to some of America's greatest. I don't even think that's a level of of self-importance, of uh, nepotism, that even Hunter Biden would get to. It's truly tone deaf. It's truly disgusting after voters of her home state just just wiped her out of Congress. Just take her right out. Take her out in the back. Uh, don't let the door hit you where the good Lord split you, Miss Cheney. You're gone. You can call and talk to me, GOP Josh, uh, 57-GOP Josh, 574-675-6747, josh at gopjosh.com. We must be very clear about the threat we face. She said, repeating a previous pledge to do whatever it takes to ensure that Donald Trump is never again anywhere near the Oval Office. In congratulating Hagman, Trump swiped at Cheney in a message posted on his Truth social media platform late Tuesday. He said in his Truth Social post, This is a wonderful result for America and a complete rebuke of the unselect committee of political hacks and thugs. Um, Liz Cheney should be ashamed of herself the way she acted in her spiteful 
sanctimonious words and actions towards others. Now she can finally disappear into the depths of the political oblivion where I'm sure she will be much happier than she is right now. Good statement, President Trump, and good backing of Harriet Hegman. The Cowboy State is ready to send a principled conservative leadership to Washington, D.C., someone who stand up to the radical left and work on the issues they care about, bringing down costs, ending the war on American energy, rejecting the reckless Biden agenda, and taking the gavel back from Nancy Pelosi in November. Harriet, uh, not Harriet, I'm sorry, Ronna McDaniel said in a statement emailed after the race was called for Hegeman. So congratulations to her. She won pretty astoundingly. Uh, Joe Biden even even called and, and cried on the phone. I don't know if he actually cried, but talk to Liz Cheney on the phone. We'll get to that in just a second. But I want to talk about Alaska here. Uh, in the nonpartisan primary, because their state is a mess, uh, Lisa Murkowski will be on the November ballot. Uh, Kelly Tabishka will be on the November ballot. Um, Shigabaka, whatever her name is, I'm not really entirely sure. Uh, Sarah Palin hinges. She's among the three candidates in a ranked choice special election to fill the remaining months of late Representative Don Young's term in the state's at-large congressional seat. She will make it to the November general election that will decide the winner of a full two-year term representing the district. Uh, Jonathan Allen reported uh, for for this story. For someone, for some reason, someone reported from Cleveland for that story. I'm not entirely sure. Maybe that's where Liz Cheney's victory party was. Oh well, I can't really call it a victory party. But Joe Biden, the president, uh, the uh, instated president, called Liz Cheney after her primary dis- defeat, according to a Fox News report. Uh, the Trump-backed chal- challenger Harriet Hegman defeated Cheney by 37 points on Tuesday in a long-expected long expected but still jarring loss. Biden called her on Wednesday, but the details of their conversation are unknown. It has been widely suspected that Cheney may make a presidential run in the wake of her defeat if she's held off on announcing anything this week. Republican strategists say the embattled opponent of former President Donald Trump would have virtually no chance in a GOP presidential primary. And this is where we can, we can put our tinfoil hats on, folks. The forward party. They're going to have a, obviously, Andrew Yang's anti-Trump. That's why he ran. He's the founder of the forward party. They're not going to have a large enough party to do a national convention and a national primary. Well, maybe a convention, but not a primary. They're not going to have the same access to ballots like Republicans, Democrats, Libertarians, Green Party have in, in virtually all 50 states. So it's probably going to be an inner party nominated candidate. Now, now stay with me here. A lot of the backers are George Bush and H.W. Uh, Bush and other neocons, Mitt Romney staffers, who are on this now forward party. It's an anti-Trump, anti-Democrat party. Liz Cheney said she will do whatever it takes to stop Donald Trump from getting to the Oval Office. Is the goal to not only pick up steam in the forward party, but also to stop Donald Trump from running and winning the Oval Office in November of 2024. Now, I can't remember who truthed this or put it on Twitter, but it is pretty true. So I uh, credit to you if you're listening. I'm not entirely sure what page it was. I didn't save it, but it is what it is, and and it's a great theory. And I'm not even putting a tinfoil hat on for this. I, I, I don't believe it'd be unsurprising for it to happen. I mean, really, Liz Cheney said she will do whatever she can to stop Donald Trump, and she will put 
the Democrat Party over her personal party, the party she represented in Congress for uh, five years. I mean, she, it wouldn't surprise me if she did that at all. Like Pence will testify before her committee. And I saw a, a Babylon B article before we go to the break. A Babylon B article. Let me pull it up here because I, w- I want to make sure it's, I read it correctly because it was hilarious. Where they talked about how the, the next season of the January 6th committee won't include Harriet, I'm sorry, won't include Liz Cheney. Let's see here. I'm not finding this story very fast. They, they tw- I don't know how they have such incredible people on their staff. It's hilarious. Uh, that is an incredible news source. More true than CNN. Here it is. Producers confirm that Liz Cheney will not be back for season two of January 6th hearings. After a critically acclaimed first season that was allegedly watched by some people, the producers of the January 6th hearing have sadly confirmed that their star Liz Cheney will not be returning for season two. Liz was a standout in season one and we're sad to see her go, said fellow actor and screenwriter for the show Adam Schiff. We will carry on without her, however, as there are many more exciting storylines we have planned for next year. As of now, it is unclear whether Cheney's character will be killed off or whether her role will be filled by another actress. Rumors have suggested the showrunners are considering Drew Barrymore, Kate Blanchett, or Cory Booker in a wig. It is my honor to serve the people of Wyoming by spending every waking minute fighting Donald Trump just like Abraham Lincoln did, said Cheney. I look forward to a bright future living off the book advances and scoring a pundit position at MSNBC. I'll link this in the show notes below if you want to read it. It's a hilarious article to finish that story. And the Babylon Bee is incredible. And it's true. I mean, they just killed off her character out of nowhere. Why'd they do that, folks? It was a, She was the best character in the story. But anyways, when we return, Mike Pence would consider testifying to a January 6th committee. Some sad news about the vaccine, as we already knew. And this is going to be the final straw with, with YouTube. I can't post this episode. But they have striked me again. Third strike. One more and I'm out of there. Someone's leaving CNN on their weekend position on their Sunday show. Some news about Texas and some news about Ohio. Here on the Conservative Crusader, when we return on the Red Future Radio Network, 574-675-6747, gopjosh.com, and stay tuned. You're listening to the Conservative Crusader. This is the Conservative Crusader. Welcome back. This is the Conservative Crusader, and I want to play something before we move on because a friend of the program, J.R. Majewski, has released an incredible, incredible TV commercial. Uh, the the person in the commercial with him, well, you'll hear the voice, and I'm sure you'll know who it is. We will pull that up in just a second. I want to share it before we move on to any other more stories that we have plenty to get to. Uh, like I said, you can call into the program 57JPJosh7 if you're just joining us. 57-GOP-JOSH-7 is our phone number. Our Patreon.com is the easiest way to support the program uh, financially. That is Patreon.com slash GOP-JOSH. Patreon.com slash GOP-JOSH. The link is in the show notes below. For as little as $3 a month, you can support the program. It would be greatly appreciated. Our Discord server is also linked below. You can join that. And my website is GOP-JOSH.com, RedFeatureRadio.com. You can also go to my social medias, Twitter, Instagram, at GOPJosh20. Facebook, uh, Gab, Getter, Parler, Parler, Telegram, and Truth Social are all at GOP Josh Show. Join me over there. We have some fun. And this is the clip I wanted to play. Friend of the show, Jeremy Majewski's new TV commercial. You know, Congressman Jordan, as a veteran, I used to wake up every day willing to risk my life to protect this country because of what I thought it stood for. But now, 
I feel like it's my duty to wake up every morning to protect my friends and my family and my community from what this country has become. And it's because of good Republican leaders like yourself that have inspired me to run for office that I would have this moment and this opportunity to do so. And I look forward to working under your leadership in Washington, D.C. country's hurting. We need to change Washington. And it's why we need you to win. Yes, sir. We're going to win. Big Bigly. He's going to win bigly, and I just wanted to play that clip. It's an incredible ad if you haven't already seen it. It's on JR's social pages, all of them, I'm pretty sure. It's an incredible ad. We need JR in Congress. We need Republican majorities in Congress. Like I said yesterday, our last program, uh, Jim Jordan might be top leader, might be Speaker of the House come January. So who knows, maybe he will be working directly under his leadership as a member of Congress and the Speaker. So that's incredible, an incredible partnership. Can't wait to see that. And I'd love to see this show trial go even further, knowing it's not doing anything, it's not convincing American people. Mike Pence will consider testifying to the January 6th committee. If there was an invitation to participate, I would consider it. Pence told a packed room at the New England Council and St. Anselm College's Politics and Eggs event on Wednesday morning. I would reflect on the unique role that I was serving as vice president. It would be unprecedented in history for the vice president to be summoned to testify on Capitol Hill. But as I said, I don't want to prejudge ever any formal invitation rendered to us. You cannot say you are a Republican or a possible Republican candidate for any office. He's obviously eyeing a presidential run. You can't say you're a Republican, a possible Republican candidate for any political office if you're going to testify to the January 6th committee. If you're going to comply with their lawless subpoenas, if you're going to comply with their requests for comment, with their testimonials, if you're going to comply with that, you can't say you're a Republican. You can't say you're a conservative and you can't say you put this country first because you don't do any of that. You put your personal political beliefs. Obviously, Mike Pence didn't have faith in Donald Trump. If he had faith in Donald Trump, he would have four more years of Donald Trump as the voters intended. So if, if he'd do that, it would just show his true colors. And people are saying, well, don't be so hard on Mike Pence. He's good policy-wise, but but he doesn't have the, the whole pro-Trump thing. And that pro-Trump thing's important. Because he is the leader of our party. And I'm not saying we need to be 100% loyal to him, but, but going out of your way to support the trial that, uh, of the the show trial that has tore him down. The reason we are in the state of the country so partisanly divided is because of that show trial. And saying you're going to support that, saying you're going to go into that, ruins your legitimacy as a Republican. So so Mike Pence is not our guy. My MAGA hat, my, my soul, Trump 2020, Make America Great Again hat is signed by Mike Pence. I watched him do it. And you know, it's just, it's, it is what it is. I'm going to be honest. I'm going to say what I pl- I think, and I think that he is not not a good look for Republicans. That's all I'm going to say. And this is a, a sad story that I really don't want to have to talk about, but it's important to get out the information. Nearly half of pregnant women in a Pfizer trial miscarried. According to Dr. Naomi Wolf, who runs a crowdsourced project to analyze 300,000 Pfizer documents released via a FOIA request, of pregnant women who who participated in the drug maker's COVID-19 vaccine trial lost their babies. Wolf runs a crowdsourced, and I already said that part, 
ordered release in a January ruling by U.S. District Judge Martin Pittman appeared on Steve Bannon's War Room on Tuesday. This is a quote. Women will understand how tragic this is. Pfizer took those deaths of babies, those spontaneous abortions and miscarriages, and recategorized... I cannot speak today. (laughs) Recategorized them as a recovered result adverse effects. In other words, if you lost your baby, it was categorized by Pfizer as a resolved adverse event like a headache that got better. Are you kidding me? You're telling me life was lost, and the Supreme Court even believes it was life. 96% of biologists believe it's life. You're telling me that life was lost due to their negligence and due to their trials, and they categorize it like a headache. She explained that as far as she knew, the documents released through a FOIA Act request did not include emails and other communication between Pfizer and other entities or officials, such as Anthony Fauci. On the website, the CDC still recommends that pregnant women get vaccinated. We, we've heard a lot of stories about this affecting the, the menstrual cycle of, of some young women in, in their birthing ages. We've heard of, of other adverse reactions, but this is the first time that this large of a number has came to light, that 44%, that's almost half of pregnant women who received this COVID vaccine lost their child. And it's still FDA approved. It's still recommended by the CDC for pregnant women and everyone else. And we're giving it to five-year-olds. We're giving it to younger than five-year-olds. Tech millionaire Steve Kersich, founder of Vaccine Safety Research Foundation, claimed in a post on Monday that around 12 million people worldwide have been killed by their governments as a result of taking one of the COVID-19 vaccines. I'll link that story below if you want to share that out. The FLstandard.com, never heard of them before, but it is a, a true report. I mean, you can't lie about this kind of stuff. It's from the FOIA documents. It's from their public documents. And that's just... I don't know how you could be, and I'm going to kind of go on a a spiritual rant. But I don't know how you can be a member of the Pfizer staff, a member of the CDC, a member of the FDA, a member of the U.S. government pushing this vaccine, or a world government pushing this vaccine. Look at this document. Look at the same thing. They had access to this before uh, Dr. Naomi Wolf had. Looked at this information and said, yeah, that's that's safe for women. That's safe for kids. That's safe for the general populace. 44%. I want to drill that number into your mind. 44%. And that's just from the trial. That's in a controlled group. How large is it outside of the trial? When they're recommending it to pregnant women to get the vaccine. While they are pregnant, by the way. Absolutely disgusting. Absolutely neglectful. How can you mentally live with yourself if you cause the death of 44% of women's newborns or fetuses as as the left likes to use? How can you live with yourself? I'm being honest. How can you not say this isn't safe? Women shouldn't get this vaccine at this this point. When is that what's said over, over just 
I, I, I'm speechless. I truly am. And I'd say that about once an episode, but I keep on talking. It's just so neglectful, so just, ah, it makes me upset. It makes my blood boil that this is the country we're in right now. This is the America we're growing, I'm growing up in. This is the America we live in. This is the America our kids are going to grow up in. This is the America that our kids are going to be growing up in and the America that our, that our future is going to have to survive in. And I don't know how it's going to happen. I don't know how we're going to do it. We're going to have to recover somehow. You're listening to The Conservative Crusader. This is The Conservative Crusader. So I'm wondering if we still have it. We do have it here because I want to play something else. I want to fade down our, our intro music a little early. We've got to have this back. The Chief... Humpty Dumpty at CNN, Brian Steltzer, is leaving CNN, is leaving his weekend program at Reliable Sources, and he's leaving the network entirely. In a statement to NPR, Steltzer says he is grateful for the show and his team's examination of the media truth and stories that shape our world. It is a rare privilege to lead a weekly show focused on the press at a time when it's never been more consequential. He said, promising to say more on Sunday's show, its final episode. Seltzer got his start blogging about cable news as a student and went on to become a media reporter for the New York Times. Reliable Sources is the longest-running show on CNN. He has hosted it for the past nine years, and the show celebrated its 30th anniversary in March. 30 years! And they shut it down. Brian Stelzer killed it that badly. I'm just going to let this song play. I'm, I'm so happy right now. It definitely contrasted the last story, which if you joined us in on the air, uh, you have to go back and listen to that last story. It's incredibly disappointing. It's, it's just neglectful. And I can't talk about this with congratulations. It's just it's a sad story. Go back and listen to that. But Brian Stelzer is out. They're going to continue on their newsletter, so I guess we can't be too happy. But Brian Steltzer, Humpty Dumpty himself, is out of CNN. Oh, God is good. <laughs> I mean, he's finally gone. We don't have to listen to his clips anymore because his show is just—he's—he's he's not a good guy. He's not my favorite radio. Or he's not my favorite TV host. Am I allowed to say that? Am I allowed to say that? Brian Steltzer, the weekend guy at CNN, is my favorite TV host. I don't know. Anyways. All right. A Democrat pack of Texas released a back-to-school ad showing a child in body armor. We are politicized. So much. And we politicize the worst things so much. The same side that says Republicans need to stand back and not talk about this in a partisan way is running an ad with a kid in body armor. The Mothers Against Greg Abbott pack. Let's watch this ad. I haven't seen this ad before. Little boys and little girls following the rules Getting ready for the first day of school Politicians say they make our land safe and free They're supposed to stand for you and me 
Keep our children safe for you and me. Keep our children safe for you and me. And that's it. And it's just, it says at the end, our children are not soldiers. Uh, vote for change on November 8th. Mothers Against Greg Abbott is their logo at the end there. Obviously, uh, Texas is where the Uvalde tragedy happened uh, in May. How do you, as a mother, politicize your child to the point that you're putting them on national television at this point in body armor to make a political point? This is a young kid. I, I can't describe the ad very well. In the 30-second ad, a mother dressed her elementary school-aged son for school in a helmet and bulletproof vest with cheerful background music calling for children for keeping children safe and free. She then snapped a photograph of her son into the camera while holding a, sta- a slate labeled First Day in- of School. As it attempted to garner support for Republican Texas Governor Greg Abbott's opponent, Beto O'Rourke, it has urged voters to donate to the PAC's Act Blue account to combat what they call Abbott's increasingly divisive, dangerous, and downright stupid policies. Now, I'm not an Abbott fan, but he's not downright stupid. The organization has called on Abbott to take action to prevent gun violence against children in schools after the aftermath of the shooting in Uvalde. We can't keep waiting for tragedy to strike or kicking the can once it does. Send a letter to Greg Abbott demanding action to keep our kids safe from gun violence or face the consequences that come November. Abbott is leading O'Rourke by an average of seven points, according to Real, Real Clear Politics. Greg Abbott did not respond to the Daily Caller's press f- uh, request for comment. And we have some parents in the audience. Call in 57-GOP-JOSH-7, 574-675-6747, josh at gopjosh.com if you want to email. Would you ever put your kid in the situation that they're on national television in body armor to make a political point? Would you politicize your your child and your family and their identity so bad that you're airing them to national television and, and all the time on their private personal television, obviously on the local network? It's just it's it's incredibly just ugh. It's distasteful, really. It leaves a bad taste in my mouth. It's politicizing the 19 kids that were gone. And obviously we knew it was going to be politicized. But those kids will never get to, to live life again. And they're politicizing them for their own personal gain. Like they'll do anything about it. They're not going to do anything about it. Even if they do get into office. They don't have any plans besides take the guns from the good people. So the bad people can run, run rampant. It's not going to work. It's not going to solve any problems that they expect it's going to solve. It truly won't. Just like banning books on both sides. Because a Texas school district has removed the Bible for content review. A Texas school district is removing 41 books from their library shelves while administrators perform a review using content guidelines that will be approved by their board of trustees, including in the list of books that officials from the Keller Independent School District are asking to be removed from the library shelves are Anne Frank's Diary, the graphic adaptation, which I believe is a comic book, I don't really know. The Bible, and all boys aren't blue. Now let me let me see what this Anne Frank book is to see if it's uh, graphic. Graphic adaptation. I'm pretty sure it's yeah, it's it's a graphic novel. That's all it is. So they they've banned a a historical graphic novel. They banned 
all boys aren't bluish. I'm not a familiar, uh, familiar with. And they banned the Holy Bible. For content review. That's the problem right there. They're stopping it and they're, they're leaving it out for content review. Do we really have people teaching our kids that, that, that don't know what's inside of the Bible? Do the teachers teaching your kids every day in their elementary, middle, and high schools, maybe even college, not know what's inside of the, of the Holy Bible? That's the problem right there. They think it needs to be taken down for content review in the first place. That they don't know what's inside of it. Maybe they should read it and maybe they'll change their mind. But limiting children's access to that is just, it's distasteful. I I'm, say the same words all the time, but it's, it's neglecting their, their learning. It's, ne- it's putting their personal political anti-God priorities over the children. And so the Keller Independent School District, I believe it's called, right? Yeah, Keller Independent School District, putting you on blast, put it back on the shelves. It's not like it's it's being a mandatory assignment in schools. It's not like children are being required to listen to it or read it. But they have the opportunity. They have the opportunity to read the Holy Bible, and that should be how it is. That That is how it should be. Uh, the Samuel McGuire Show on the Red Future Radio Network talks a lot more about um, religion every single day with his verse of the day. So make sure you listen to that program, redfutureradio.com. But we are going to move on. Big Ohio donors to a group behind a Nan Whaley attack ad. We're doing a lot of commercial-based uh, talks today. There's just a lot of talked about when it when it comes to commercials. But the, the attack ad being ran is, is paid for by DeWine appointees and state contractors. Let's see, is there a link to the commercial on this article I'm reading? Uh, I can't really tell. It's, uh, here it is. Should be. Yep, all right. Uh, it's a, for visual, I've seen it on TV probably a hundred times. It's Nan Whaley on a dollar bill with all of the words they're using and sources being put up on the screen. It's not Ohio that Ohio can't uh, afford Nan Whaley and her radical intense. agenda. As mayor, Whaley supported hiking property taxes, service taxes, and income taxes. Now Dayton has one of the highest tax rates in Ohio. But while she raised taxes, Whaley voted to defund the police, cutting millions from public safety. Dayton crime rates spiked and homicides are up 25%. Nan Whaley, dangerously expensive for Ohio. Families, RGA Right Direction Pack is responsible for the content of this advertising. Will this ad work? I don't know, but I left that on. And I usually cut that off at the end. Paid for by RGA Right Direction Pack. I usually cut that off when I air it because they're not paying me to air it, but they paid for the commercial, and it's the importance of the story here. Big Ohio donors to the group behind the attack ad are people who Dwine appointed, and as well as state contractors. A Republican group now paying to air a TV ad to help Governor Mike DeWine's re-election this year has received big-dollar donations from DeWine appointees to state boards and companies that do business with the state public record show. The Republican Governor's Association campaign arm, the RGA Right Direction PAC, has spent $570,000 so far on this attack ad. According to Ad Impact, a firm that tracks spending on political advertising, a 30-second ad started airing on broadcast and cable stations Tuesday, according to Ad Impact, and blasts Whaley for her record as mayor. Uh, the RGA Right Direction PAC has also helped DeWine win what could have been a tough re-election, uh, Republican primary in May, giving it $2.25 million to free Ohio PAC and Ohioans for free and fair elections. 
two groups that ran pro-DeWine ads this year. The RGA Right Direction PAC received 100% of its donations from Republican Governors Association, an affiliated nonprofit. Campaign finance records show a Cleveland.com slash The Plain Dealer analysis of the RGA's tax filing and other public records found more than $1.4 million was given to the RGA during its first six months of 2022 by Ohio donors, whether received a state appointment from DeWine or has received state contractors. Those donors include uh, Cincinnati insurer Anthem Blue Cross Blue Shield, which provides health insurance to state employees, CareSource Management Services of Dayton, which offers Ohio's largest Medicaid-managed care plan, and GB, or GPD Group, an Akron planning and engineering company that has contracts with the Ohio Turnpike and other state entities. Uh, individuals include Brent Bishop with $100,000, uh, Delov & Associates, whose managing partner Greg Delov was appointed to the Ohio, Ohio, Ohio Higher Education Facility Commission, $100,000, Michael Kiggin, a longtime DeWine friend whom the governor appointed to the Ohio State University Board of Trustees in 2019. They were appointed on December 10th, 2021, and made their RGA donations exactly a month later. Now, I I don't want a, a Whaley governorship. I don't really want a Mike DeWine governorship either. I'm really undecided. I, I'm the definition of an, of an undecided voter, folks. I'm not a voter, but I truly am undecided in this race. And I probably won't get involved. But dark money, whether it favors your candidate or favors my candidate or favors neither of, uh, of our candidates should not be a big hitter in politics. We need to limit the spending, limit the donations, limit this and that, and limit the way around these limits. I mean, there, there's a campaign limit, spending limit. I think it's $13,000 for uh, governor campaigns, for statewide election campaigns in Ohio. There's a $2,900 cap on federal campaigns. You should probably have that same law to PAX because it, I, I don't really like the ad. It's kind of distasteful. It doesn't really work well knowing that DeWine spent millions of dollars during COVID, but not even our rainy day fund. But he spent a lot of money still, and it's it's kind of distasteful. I'm going to be honest. It's not a great ad. It's going to work, but it's not a great ad in my opinion for someone who's kind of engaged. I, I'd like to say I'm engaged in Ohio politics, okay, and uh, they, they could do better. And I don't really know if it's worth the millions they're spending on it, if I'm being honest. But we will see how that works out in November. And we'll see in a poll where it was just within one point, it was a D poll. It's not a real poll. But in, in a recent poll, let's just mention it. Uh, Mike Twine was losing by or winning by one point, only one percentage point to Nan Whaley, the incumbent crossover Democrat or crossover Re Republican. Uh, just didn't win by more than one point in this poll. And I don't believe it's a real poll, but we will see. Obviously, we'll find that out when we find out every other election result on November 8th. In the top Ohio Republican in our final story today, our final Ohio story and our final story overall until Monday, our Monday edition of the Conservative Crusader, the top Ohio Senate Republican would like to appeal our congressional map decision to the Supreme Court of Ohio. Ohio Senate President Matt Huffman wants to take the state's congressional maps to the U.S. Supreme Court, arguing that the Ohio Supreme Court overstepped by meddling in map making. Quote, drawing districts is supposed to be under the original premise of the U.S. Constitution up to the state legislature. Unquote, Huffman told the USA Today Network Ohio Bureau. 
adding that Ohio faces similar issues to a North Carolina case that the U.S. Supreme Court recently chose to review. Uh, The Ohio Supreme Court invalidating the 15-district congressional map as unconstitutional in July for the second time. Every time was a 4-3 decision. Laid out a timeline based on the Ohio Constitution for drawing a new map and explained as to why the map used in May primary was rejected. It unduly favored Republican candidates. I'm going to say it once. I'm going to say it again. There is no reasonable way that you can split up the maps into an 8-7 map which they're asking for, without splitting Franklin County more than twice as the Ohio Constitution, that would be a violation of the Ohio Constitution, and Cuyahoga County more than twice, which would also be a violation. So how are they expecting to do it? Draw the own maps, court. Submit your own maps. Your maps have, have never violated those laws yourself. When you did the state house maps, send in your own map. And I'm not a big fan of Bob Cuff. I mean, he's kind of... Or Matt Huffman, I'm sorry. Bob Cuff is the Speaker of the House. But, you know, it's... I'd like to see it. I'd like to see that happen. I, I truly would. It'd be interesting entertainment. I'm not a big fan of the Republican leadership in the Ohio House, but I'd like to see this happen. They have overstepped. They have done too much getting involved in map making from a... from a, a, a perspective... from a, a legitimate perspective. It's a... It's a... Um, what's the word? Legislative job... To make maps. It's part of their job. It's what people elect them to do. Now, if you don't like the maps, change out your representatives in November. But until then, those are the maps that they decided based on what they were told by the constituents. They had so many open meetings. It's a commission. It's a nonpartisan commission. And you're telling me that they're still not good enough. That's on you. That's truly on the court. And I'm sorry. I I like the maps. I think they're fine. I think they can change them in two years when the maps are supposed to be changed anyway because they did not receive the votes needed to codify them for permanent use for the next 10 years. I don't know. I'm done. I truly am. I hope he takes this to the court. I'd like to see it happen. And we will see where that goes. And we will cover it every single Monday and Thursday here on the Conservative Crusader on the Red Future Radio Network, redfutureradio.com. Slash TCC for my program, slash TSMS for the Samuel McGuire show. More shows coming on very soon, I hope. Sam just had a great interview with the Ohio Brett. If you don't know who Ohio Brett is, it was a great interview. You can listen to it, learn more about him, learn more about his uh, personal appearance on the internet. And until next time, folks, my website is gopjosh.com. Stay tuned to me. Call in and leave your voicemail, 57JPJosh7. My name is GOP Josh, speaking here on the Conservative Crusader. All around the world, on the Red Future Radio Network, telling you to have a great Friday, a great weekend, and I'll see you on Monday. Stay tuned. You're listening to The Conservative Crusader. 